purpose of God. Come on now. Come on, somebody. Don't, don't leave me out here by myself tonight. Come on, the, the mercy of God. Who is that Jeremiah Lamentations? His mercies are renewed, what, every, every morning. Every morning you should get up thinking, my God, the, the chatterbox is talking. Oh, it's Monday, it's hump day, Wednesday, and all that kind of stuff. You should get up and go, Monday, the forecast says that it's favored. Tuesday is glory. Come on, come on, come on. Wednesday, it's anointing Wednesday. Come on. Thursday is grace Thursday. Come on. Friday, it's mercy Friday, huh? Come on. Saturday is glory Saturday. Come on. Sunday, my God, it's hallelujah Sunday. That's what the forecast says. You want to know what the forecast says? That's what it says, all right? And so we, but condemnation, the crashing the chatterbox, condemnation says, oh, it's gloomy, the end is coming, you know, you're no good, the whole area. But I like this area of God says that he has rescued us and he's rescued our lives from the pit. And his kindness is crowning us with his love and compassion. Oh, his compassions. His kindness. You know, we serve a kind God. I don't know the God that you serve, but he's kind. He's merciful. He's full of compassion. That's the God that I, that's the God I see. But years ago, I didn't see that kind of God. I saw the, the billy club God. You know, I saw the God who, who says, you know, he's going to come down, you do one thing wrong, bang, you're going to hell. I just have this lady <laughs> when I was pastoring uh, in, in New Jersey. She got saved, gave her heart to the Lord. And every Sunday she would come to the altar. I said, why do you come to the altar? She said, well, I sinned this week and I got to get saved again. I go, really? I said, no, 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 honey, you did it one time. But she would come again and again and again and again and again. I said, Christine, don't come anymore. Come for something else, but don't come for salvation. It's done. It's in there. It's like ragu. It's in there, you know. <laughs> so he's rescued us in compassion. Here's the three Ps. The three Ps of, of condemnation are personal, permanent, and pervasive. And this is what personal says. Personal says in the condemnation, in the chatterbox, what is wrong with me? What? What is, what is wrong? What is wrong with me? That's, that's personal. That's personal. And then there's permanent. It says, I always, I always, permanent. I was at the hospital today, and a young lady had a tattoo on her neck. And uh, I always engage people in a good way. I don't criticize them. I go, boy, that's an interesting tattoo. Wow, man, that is pretty. That is. Not, tell me what it means. So, because I want to witness, I want to drop a word on her. You know that kind of thing. And she said, "Oh, these are the five stars, and this one uh, was for my. These two are for my my two daughters who died." I said, "Wow!" And you got it tattooed on your on your neck. She says, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." She says, "And this is me and my other my other two daughters." I said, "Wow!" I said, "You know what?" God has a strong message of tattooing of love. Just kind of snuck that in there right quick, you know, and I'm just being registered to see the doctor. <laughs> you know? But there's ways that God gives us that can brighten the day, lift the burden from someone who's going through something. But you got to remember, the chatterbox want to make it personal. The chatterbox want to make it permanent. You're never going to get out of this what is wrong with me 
I always, in the last part, is pervasive. It says, I always mess up everything. I always mess up everything. Well, what is pervasive? What does that mean? Pervasive means it's the nature of a thing, the nature of a thing. What do you mean by that? Well, the chatterbox is going like this. It's always chattering in your ear, and it's like it's continuing, continuing. And then you literally take on the nature of the thing of saying, you know, wow, here, here we go again. Shh, what's wrong with me? I always mess up everything. If you play those tapes in your mind again and again and again, and you allow the enemy to play those tapes in your mind and in your thinking, that becomes three things, personal, permanent, and pervasive. So I started looking at this, and I said, Lord, show me what is the difference between condemnation and conviction? What is the difference between condemnation and conviction. Well, condemnation's greatest talent is <laughs> imitation. It's imitation. When I was living in Decatur, we had a uh, festival called the Decatur Celebration. You probably saw that on TV, and you probably went over there to get some of those uh, stuff that you shouldn't eat. <clears throat> but anyway, and there was this guy. His name was he, was, he was a performer. He'd come year after year. And I like to see this guy because his name was the Black Diamond, the Black Diamond. He was an imitation. If you close your eyes real tight, close, you could hear sweet Caroline. Or you could hear love on the rocks. <laughs> you could hear Neil Diamond. And he sounded just like Neil Diamond. But you open your eyes, he black. I went like, Oh, dude, you should have picked another performer, you know. But there's nothing wrong with Neil Diamond. Any Neil Diamond fans out there? Don't, don't look at me like that, you know. I, I like some, some Sweet Caroline, too, you know. But, but I, I started thinking about that. And condemnation is imitation conviction. Oh, you, I don't know, I don't know if you got that or not, but condemnation is, is imitation. Conviction is the work of the Holy Spirit. You want to be convicted. You hear me? No, no, no. You want to be convicted by the Holy Spirit. You never want to get to the place where you don't feel, when you've done something wrong, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was very clear about that in John 17, 7 and 8, talking about, he says, I, the Holy Spirit. Um, aren't you glad for this new series that's coming up with pastor, with the Holy Spirit? We should get excited about that. He says, now the Holy, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and he shall convict you of righteousness and of judgment. He says, when he comes, this is what he's going to do. I'm so happy that I'm still able to be convicted by the Holy Spirit. I'm excited about knowing the difference between condemnation, being condemned, and the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Now, there's some scriptures that I, I just got to read because I think it's so important for us to hear this in our, in our thinking tonight because here's what he's saying. The difference between condemnation and conviction, condemnation's greatest talent is, in, is uh, that, but conviction is the work of the Holy Spirit. Satan's main job is not to tempt you. Satan's main job is not temptation. 
Can I just say that? Satan's job is not, how many ever thought that Satan's main job was temptation, to tempt you? Well, not really. It is, that's one work that Satan does. He wants to tempt us, but his real job is accusation. To hurl an accusation, and the, how many know the enemy has a word, but he doesn't have the last word? Underscore that in your thinking. The enemy has a word, but it's not, it's, not the last, it's not the last word. And so over in the book of Revelation, which I love, Revelation chapter 12, because it talks about the kingdoms of this world has become the kingdom of his Christ. But there's a passage of Scripture there in uh, Revelation 12. It talks about, And the accuser of the brethren who herald accusation, the accuser of the brethren who accused them before God both day and night. Note the chatterbox. It goes day and night. Note Satan tools. It's day and night. All the time he's coming at, and he wants the accuser. He's called the accuser of the brethren. Now, Satan, of course, is a tempter, but his main thing is accusation. His main deal is accusation. But I love verse 11 in uh, Revelation 12. It says that, but they overcame him. Tonight, there's overcoming power in this room for the, for the chatterbox. There's overcoming power in this room for condemnation and guilt. There's overcoming power. The Holy Spirit is in this room right now. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony and they loved not their lives, the Bible says, even unto the death. They overcame him. So there's overcoming power in the room tonight. There's no excuse for allowing condemnation to run rampant in your life. Quickly tonight. Whew, man, it's so important for us to get this. I was reading a book some time ago, years ago, by a guy named Francis Fan Japain, Three Battlegrounds. It's a great book. And he, he just simply said this about uh, Revelation 12 that always stuck with me. He says, when you start to accuse another brother or sister in the body of Christ, he says, you are on Satan's team. Let me, let me, let me, let me try that one more time. He said, when you start to accuse another brother and sister, rail at, rail at them or tear down their character, character assassination without cause, you're now working on Satan's team. We can go home now. That, that should be enough right there. We need to know the difference between condemnation. Romans 7 uh, and the freedom of Romans 8. And Romans 8 starts out with no condemnation and it ends with no separation. But if you ever read and get into Romans chapter 7, it is so powerful because you can't really appreciate Romans 8 until you really read Romans 7. And he talks about simply this, a couple of verses out, a couple of sound bites, if you would, tonight out of Romans chapter 7. He says, every time I want to do good, evil is present with me. Every time I want to do good, I end up doing that which I hate. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me 
from the body of this death. It was like a, carrying a big body around strapped to him. That was one way of capital punishment back in the day, too, when you murdered somebody. You just put the body on you, tied it to you, until you can imagine the rest, okay? You both died. He said, but who shall deliver me from the body of this? He says, I'm warring in my mind. There's this warfare that is going on in my mind, and I need deliverance. I keep hearing my faults. I keep hearing the wrong that I've done in life. It's sin that dwells in me, Paul said. But listen to this. So very, so very important. Romans chapter 8 is, opens with, there is therefore now no condemnation. To those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not their behavior, their lifestyle, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and of death. And what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. We just experienced that this week. God sent his own son, his only son, in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin's cause, he condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness, my God, the rightness of God would be in us. In a, such a powerful way, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. How many spirit seekers do we have in the house tonight? I'm talking about people who are seeking after the spirit. Not seeking after the flesh, not trying to hear the echoes of your past, not having any of that. I think it's very important for us to catch that tonight. Condemnation, condemnation reminds us of our wrongs by showing us our shame, but the Spirit, it convicts us of our sin by reminding us of our righteousness in Christ. It reminds us of our righteousness in Christ. We need to remember when God speaks a thing, it's not temporary, it's permanent. Can I put, that's not on your notes. I just, I just had to say that. When God speaks a thing, it's not temporary, it's permanent. And the Word of God is a permanent thing. And in 2 Corinthians, this is not on your notes, but in 2 Corinthians 5 and 21, this is what it says. I can never resist this. He says, for he was made to be sin, Jesus, for us, for us, for you and I. Him who knew no sin, that we might become, become, become the righteousness of God in him. The righteousness of God in him. When I think about the righteousness of God, I think of not just right standing with God, but I think of the ability to stand in the presence of a righteous God without a sense of condemnation, without a sense of guilt, without a sense of inferiority, without a sense of insecurity. Come on, somebody. Come on. Come on. But it's also the ability to stand in the presence of Satan when he's hurling his accusations against us without the sense of condemnation, without a sense of guilt, without a sense of inferiority, without a sense of insecurity. God says, I want you to stand because it's all in Christ. It's a permanent thing that we have in Christ. In Christ tonight, it's a permanent thing. So I started looking at that and I said, wow, thank you, Lord, for, for that. 
Now, discouragement. I believe that discouragement and condemnation are twins. <laughs> they're like Esau and Jacob, man. They're, they're twins, all right? And so we're talking about hearing the voice above all others. In discouragement, God says, I can, I can. Rejecting the chatterbox of discouragement and persisting instead of in the purposes of God requires choosing to believe what God has said, whether you hear it or not. You need to hear deep down. I like what Oral Roberts used to say. He says, in your knower, in your knower, in your, in your being, you need, to, you need to know that God says, I can. God says, I can, Harper. <laughs> Complaining will kill contentment. Complaining will kill contentment. On the other hand, gratitude, there's your blank, gratitude gives God honor and serves as a form of self-encouragement. You need to be encouraged when you're discouraged. Anybody been discouraged? I know that's a dumb question to ask. I mean, discouraged to the place where it looked like hope is all gone. Huh? Hope is all gone. But complaining will, will kill contentment. Hmm. The Bible talks about contentment. He says, godliness with contentment is great gain, Timothy 6 and 6. He says, godliness with contentment is great gain. I think it's over in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11. Paul says, whatever state that I find myself in, I'm content. Whether a base, down low, high, wealth, poverty, I'm content. I don't know what levels Paul hid in the spirit, but I want to go after some of that no matter what. No matter what, to be content, contentment. Contentment is a great thing, he says, with godliness. You've got to have godliness along with the contentment. Uh, the doctors have diagnosed me with stage 4 cancer. And uh, the other day, Tuesday, I was in uh, Peoria. And I don't know why i got to go to Peoria to get my blood drawn out, <laughs> but I do. And then they were separating the white cells from the red cells. And they were taking the white cells. My white cells are now in Atlanta, Georgia. Or maybe they're on their way back now. I don't know. But they sent it to Atlanta, Georgia. They're going to infuse it with this thing called Prevagen. They're going to send it back to, me, uh, to uh, the hospital or to, to the Red Cross. And Red Cross is going to get it to Decatur. On tomorrow I'll go. And they'll infuse it back into my body. And I said... Nurse, what is this really all about? She says, oh, I'm glad you asked. She says, what we're going to put on the inside of you is going to kill the cancer. I said, really? Now, you know it's medicine. Come on now, it's medicine. But I said, really? She says, oh, yeah, we're going to put inside of you is going to beat up the cancer in your white cells. I said, good. Sound like condemnation to me, and the chatterbox has just been shut down. Come on. And I said, whether it works or not, I told Cookie, I said, if I, if it looks like I'm dying, just raise me from the dead. That's all. <laughs> just, just put your hands on me and raise me from the dead. Because we believe in life. We believe in the spirit of life. Amen? And the power of God. And so I was listening to the, this nurse, and she said, you know what? You don't look discouraged. I said, I'm not going to be either. I, I'm, I'm lying. I'm sitting here in contentment. I win no matter what. 
So you think I'm going to be sitting here under condemnation? You think I'm going to be sitting here discouraged? No way. The Lord beat this thing in 06. He'll beat it again. She says, oh, really? Yeah, it's, it's only another opportunity to witness. It's only another opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus. Hello? And I'm not going to leave it here until I'm 85 anyway, so it really doesn't matter. That's why I said, God, 85, we can go home. When you're discouraged, you need to understand certain things. Understand that God can make a miracle out of a mess. Just, just write that down and highlight it. God can make a miracle out of a mess. And this is what you always need to do is to stay thankful. For God's favor will give you hope. How many know that tonight? God's favor will give you hope. I'm planning into 16 and 17, planning trips, going places. The diagnosis doesn't mean anything. God's will and plan, if you let that chatterbox go, people get the big C and they go, oh. say, no, 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 you don't do that. You wrap your mind around the answer. And it's not the drug that they're putting into the white cells. It's the blood of Jesus. Come on. It's the blood of Jesus. It's the power of God at work. It's faith at work. If God could take faith and frame the world, he can take faith, my God, and put on the inside of me and you so that when condemnation come or discouragement come, we'll stand very strong and upright and say, you know what? I'm the righteousness of God that's in Christ Jesus, devil. Come on, I'm the righteous of God that's in Christ Jesus. One of my favorite stories is in 2 Kings chapter 13, 17 and 18. I'm just going to kind of share it with you. But it says uh, King Jehoram was under siege. And um, <laughs> he says, we're under attack. Went to the prophet of God, Elisha, said, we're under attack. Help us. He said, my father, my father, we're, we're under attack. Elisha's old. He's dying. He's worked about all the miracles that he can work. He's doubled the miracles of Elijah. But how many know there's a prophetic word that awaits you many times? And all you got to do is step into the full, the full prophetic word. Oh, I feel like I'm saying something here tonight. The full prophetic word. And so what happened Elijah, Elisha, he takes him to a window and he, he gets a bow and the arrows and he says, now open the window. He opens the window and he shoots. The Bible says, she says, shoot. And he's shot. And the arrow goes out the window. Then he takes him and he says, now I want you to take the arrow and I want you to pound the ground. I want you to strike the ground. He didn't give him any, any real deep, intricate instructions. All he says I want you to do is to pound the ground. I want you to stand up with me just for a moment. Now, this is a new sanctuary, so we're not going to do anything crazy, okay? All right? I just started coming to church here, so. <laughs> and this is my home church now. So listen, the seat before you, I want you to start to pound the seat. Okay, stop. Very important that you get this. 
Pastor Mark, I hope he's still out there because Harper's gotten them pounding on my seats already, man. This is what the prophet said. He says, pound the ground. He didn't tell him how many times. He just said, pound the ground. And then the prophet gets mad. You never get a prophet mad. And Elisha gets angry at the king. He says, why did you only pound the ground three times? You should have pounded five times or six times, as many times as you would have pounded the ground or strike the ground, that as many times as God would have defeated your enemies. When it comes to discouragement, when it comes to condemnation, you got to learn how to pound the ground. You learn to pound the ground in the Word of God. You learn to pound the ground in prayer. You gotta learn to pound the ground in intercession. You gotta learn to pound the ground in worship. You gotta learn to pound the ground in praise. Why are you pounding the ground? You're pounding the ground for your marriage sometimes. Sometimes you're pounding the ground for your children. Sometimes you're pounding the ground. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? Come on now. You're pounding the ground for your finances. You're pounding the ground for that wayward daughter. You're pounding the ground. For that son who, who can't even find himself, who's lost out there as a prodigal. You're pounding the ground because you've been diagnosed with a terminal illness, but you, you continue to pound the ground. Come on, let's, let's pound the ground. Let's pound the ground. Woo, Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now listen to me. Let's take this home with us tonight. I'm going to make it. My God, I'm so proud of me tonight. I don't know what to do. In discouragement, you need to ask the question, devil, is that all you got? You heard what I just said? Devil, is it all you got? Come on, say it with me. Devil, is it all you got? I like when people come, come and they talk to me and say, you've got cancer. I said, nothing wrong with my hearing, honey. <laughs> it's like, like, it's like a, shh, you got to go home and pray for your brother Harper. I said, what's the matter with your voice? I said, you don't understand. We are pound the ground people. We are strike the ground until we get victory, people. Hmm. Every time you think that you can't, you need to know that he can. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? In discouragement, you ask the question, is all you got? Can't you just hear Philippians 4.13? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I need no imitations. I got Christ, the anointed one and his anointing. Christ, the anointed one and his anointing is in you, Christian. Now, Let's do this last. I'm so proud of me. I don't know what to do. I'm going to finish on time. Here's the conclusion tonight. Here's the conclusion tonight. Say with me, I declare, I will choose faith over fear. I will meditate on what is positive and what God says about my situation. I will use my energy not to worry, but to believe. Fear has no part of my life. No part in my life. 
I will not dwell on negative and discouraging thoughts. My mind is set. Come on, my mind is set. Oh, one more time. My mind is set on what God says about me. I know his plan for me is for success, victory, and abundance. I declare this. Come on, I declare this. I declare this. Oh, come on, church. I declare this in the power of Jesus' name. No condemnation. I will not be discouraged. I will walk in faith, and I will trust God. Two minutes left. You love him tonight? You love Jesus tonight? Well, come on, let's give God some praise tonight. Let's give God some praise and some glory tonight. No condemnation. Discouragement may come, but it cannot stay. Come on. Put a smile on your face. Put a smile on your face. It can come, but it will not stay. Father, I take authority right now over the enemy, Lord God, who's tried to come and discourage the saints of God in the house tonight. And God, Lord, no discouragement, no condemnation. We speak the blood. We speak the word. We speak the spirit. These three agree in one, and we call it done in Jesus' name. Go! 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 I pull you up at the root, condemnation. I pull it up at the root, discouragement. I will not be discouraged. They will not be discouraged in Jesus' name. Say with me. I cannot be defeated. I cannot be defeated. And I will not quit. And I will not quit. And failure, and failure is not an option. Let's, let's just pray for John tonight. Heavenly Father, we just come, and Father, we've heard your message. Father, a message that he lives out each and every day. Father, we know that he lives by faith, not by sight. Father, he knows that what the doctors have told him, you are the ultimate physician in his life. So we just come and we just pray that you would just touch him. We come against this cancer in the name of Jesus. We rebuke it. We stand upon your word that says greater is he that's in him than he that's in this world. Father, that the, the spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in John. And we just come right now, we just ask, let that spirit just speak life into him. Father, speak encouragement into him. Father, to tell him that he is a child of the king. And, Father, that we know that you're going to walk with him through this, and this is a time for him to minister, him to witness, him to share with people contentment that no matter what happens, Jesus is still his God, his Lord and his Savior. So, Father, we plead the blood of Jesus Christ over him right now, and we just pray that you would just allow the Holy Spirit to Lead him, guide him, touch him, minister through him to those that he come in contact with. But, Father, we look to you for the healing, that you would minister in such a way that we can see the miracle take place. We pray for Cookie, 
that you would just touch her also, bless her and Father as she comes alongside, that she continues to have that faith to move this mountain in their life. Father, we give you all the praise, all the glory for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you. Have a great night.